and welcome back to Demo Tapes. The music podcast is all about hitting rewind on the careers and scenes that we've loved over the years. I'm Sarah Jane Kemp and this, my co-host, is Rick Martin. Yeah, welcome back. It has been a while, hasn't it? It's been, a, a, you know, for how long? It's been about nine months, we were saying earlier, just chatting about it. Yeah, you probably thought you got rid of us in terms of this podcast completely going off the air. I mean, yeah, Rick, it kind of did feel a little bit like we might be putting it in a drawer at one point, didn't it? But I think was just because we've been a bit busy we've been really busy i mean you've probably been busier than i have if i'm honest but we've had some quite big life events happen haven't we what's what's been going on with you yeah life's sort of taken over uh or life i suppose is being created if you want to be kind of spiritual about it. yeah i mean i've had a baby in the time uh not personally myself but fathered a child should we say and uh you've named her after a famous pop star haven't you well no she's not named after a famous pop star it's coincidental <laughs> that there's a famous pop star who happens to have um, her name. Um, should we say? I suppose we, we probably can say. We can. I mean, name, unless you say. think you've got any stalkers out there from from last time. No, I mean, <laughs> I, I think probably doubtful. Yeah, Mabel. Mabel is the name uh, of my uh, fourth child. So not not a new feeling to be a be a parent. First one in a while. Bit like a band who's been on hiatus and then come back with a comeback album. This is my comeback child. I guess you could you could call it comeback child. Brilliant. Well, congratulations. And Thanks, Sarah. So that's probably why. You know, that's a very good excuse for why we've had to take a little bit of a break. Um, me, I haven't had that much of a big life event, but I did run a marathon. Uh, ran my third marathon. Should it, It's a shame it's not my fourth marathon, isn't it? Because then we'd be in sync. But Synergy. No, synergies. But, um, it was my third marathon. I did the London Marathon. That was quite a while ago now, but I think that kind of mentally and physically drained me so much. I've been a bit off the radar uh, on a few things since then. Um, but yeah, that was that was great. So I kind of took the time to do a load of training for that. Um and since we've just been spending the last few months really over the summer we've had a few holidays as well going to talk about that in a bit um but we've just been talking about ideas so we we did a lot we spent a lot of time talking about ideas i'd say that's the thing this podcast obviously we put the last episode of the last series all 12 you know we did a 12 episode series if you haven't heard them do go back and have a listen um probably give that a more shameless plug later on but yeah even ever since we put the last pod out in december We've just been talking ideas, and I think maybe we reached the point where it's like, well, actually, some of these ideas have got to start coming to fruition. Yeah, definitely. And um, last time, as you know, the last series, if you if you did hear it, then you'll know all about what we're talking about. If not, go back and have a listen. But we, we unearthed a lot of interviews that um, Rick had done in his previous life as a journalist at NME, and we also kind of went out there and did a few new interviews and the format we think was great but there's there's kind of much more we want to do so this series will be more uh, about us exploring other avenues talking to different people perhaps from the music industry or perhaps just kind of regular punters and music lovers like ourselves or it could be an episode of us just talking um, about things on, on our own which is kind of what it's going to be today. We're, we're, we're going to do a bit of a, a lead into one of the ideas actually came from a chat Rick and I had in the kitchen over lunch, actually, a, um, a good few months ago now, where Rick said, turn around and said to me, I think, you know, Oasis, yeah, they're factually good. Because I was sort of saying, you know, I like Oasis. I don't dislike them. Um, I'm not a super fan by any means. I know Rick is. We talk, He talked about it quite a lot in the last series. But his sentence of this can be factually good really got me thinking. And since then, we've had debates with loads of people who everyone has a different idea and a different kind of thought around this topic. So 
this is what we're going to do today. We're going to lead in with this and it will be a bit of a theme throughout the whole series and we will be asking everyone we speak to their thoughts on it. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things I think that has been a, an ongoing debate for us for months and I think uh, we probably didn't mention it on the previous series but I'm willing to give a bit of a spoiler here but we do have a day job outside of this podcast. You know, obviously this podcast can't be our full-time job and we do happen to work in the same place and working in the same place means that we can have these stupid often pretty stupid conversations day in day out whether it's about music whether it's about things like can things be factually good but this seems to be a an argument that we've we've come back to kind of constantly over the last few months and we thought what better way to kind of definitively decide who is right on this yeah. than to have uh, well, a debate on on our on the podcast? I don't think it's right or wrong. We, was, we we agreed that earlier, Rick. It's not right or I don't think it can be right or wrong. This is kind of one of my one of my debate points actually. But we've as as I said, we've we've talked to people inside work about it. We've had people coming through the kitchen and joining into the conversation because they've heard what we're talking about, which is a good sign, I think, for us. I've had the the drunken conversation with friends and. Um, and people in in the pub, uh, which is thrilling. I think we should probably take the dictaphone to a pub one time and and kind of start the conversation with some people there. It's much more fun. But I think before we kick into uh, the debate, which I've obviously been looking forward to all summer, got my uh, my arguments well lined up for this. I'm actually worried about this because Rick's sees himself as a little bit of a politician, don't you, Rick? And I very much shy away from debate. So well, that's another thing to probably mention. In the time since I uh, since we last did a podcast, I have started my political career. <laughs> he has indeed. I, I won't say this. where, but I'm now a, a officially a parish councillor, some, somewhere in Kent. Oh. So you know. See, I'm worried. This this debate, I'm worried. I actually came in this morning feeling a little bit apprehensive about this debate, and I did tell you, and you said, "Oh, it's meant to be fun." I thought, "Yeah, it is meant to be fun. I'm sure it will be fun, but." I'm not very good at debating, so let's see what happens. But anyway, it's been nine months since our last episode, and I think a lot of music has happened in that time, and we're both, uh, you know, despite our, I guess, distractions away from music, are very much still kind of lovers of music in the music scene. So, I, I don't know, I'm just keen to know, uh, Sarah, and I'm sure the listeners would be keen to hear, what, what you've been listening to over the kind of last nine months. If I was to say, best three albums you've heard. Uh, over the kind of the last nine months. Well, I don't really listen to albums in their entirety these days because you know I think we've t- touched on this before. Things like Spotify has kind of opened up a whole new way of listening to music. So if I do listen to a full album, I will. It will tend to be an album that I used to listen to when I had a discman. Those are the days when you go over a, a ramp on a bus and it skips. Um, so if I have to talk about three three albums, I'd say the first one is Alicia Keys' Songs in A Minor, and this might not come as a surprise to you because it is one of my favourite albums ever. And there is a reason I've been listening to this a bit. I'm sort of dusting off my vocal cords a little bit, Rick. Um, I've been a keen singer my whole life, and I've just found, um, I haven't just found, one of my friends has got a recording studio, so um, went round to the house a few couple of weeks ago um, and happened to to sing for the first time ever in a recording studio and it was one of Alicia Keys songs from Songs in A Minor so I've been listening to that one a lot recently. Um, Another one is um, NERD in search of uh, I don't know if you know NERD much Rick I don't know if you've ever really talked uh, about it it's, Far- it's Pharrell Williams is that about band, as much as, yeah, that, yeah, yeah I, that's I know, about as much as you know <laughs> I know the singles from the early 2000s yeah 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 so so this album actually when when I first met my boyfriend um, we don't have a lot of music in common at all we've kind of since come to realise um, we were on a train to, to Weymouth we were going on a climbing holiday and we spent the whole train drunkenly singing to um, Fly or Die by, by NERD 
already because it's one of my it's one of both of our kind of standout albums ever it's one of it's in my top five albums of all time and um, so I've been going back to listening to In Search of we actually went to Amsterdam a couple of times over the summer and um, in the hotel we were staying in, they had a Roberts radio that you could kind of plug your phone into. And we spent our last night there um, just kind of drinking cocktails. We had a friend over who lives who lives in Amsterdam, had a bit of a hotel room party um, and played a lot of the NERD In Search Of album. And um, yeah, that's that's something I've kind of come back and listened to a lot as, as well. I mean, that's the sort of music that's built for that, isn't it? It's built for... Uh, hotel hotel party. room party. Hotel I mean, I say party. There were three of us dancing around the room. I think that counts <laughs> I as was, a party. I was dancing. The boys were talking. So given the I size was... <laughs> of my social circle, that probably counts as a party. To be fair, oh, it definitely doesn't. Uh, no, we had it. No, definitely not for me. But it was. You know, we, we don't have a load of friends in Amsterdam. We've kind of got one friend over there, so we invited the friend over <laughs> and, hmm. and had a bit of a hotel party, and it was really fun. It's kind of one of my favourite things to do, having hotel parties. Um, and then the third one for me would probably be Anderson Pack Malibu and actually this definitely wasn't around when I when I had a Disman but this is one of the albums that has really kind of stood out for me over the last few years I remember listening to um Am I Wrong in in Melbourne um in the car for the first time when I was driving around in Melbourne and since then um so when you I, lived in Australia when I lived in Australia I'm sure keen listeners about will know this about before. this yeah yes. so I lived in Australia for, for a year when I was 27 um in fact, actually, we should probably do an episode on on the music culture over there because it it's really good, and I, I kind of miss a bit of that. Um, well, I'm yeah, going to come on to that. That's one of my album choices. Oh, really? Fair, uh, yeah. Of course, yeah. Oh, I'm not sure about the ones that you're talking about, but um, definitely, as as you might know as well, Rick and I have lots of similar similarities in our music taste, but some definite differences as well. Um, but yeah, that, they're my three. How about you? Um, yeah, I mean, just to follow on what you're saying about Australia there, I think the, mo- the one of the most exciting scenes in the world at the moment is the Perth music scene. I may have talked about Pond before. Now, Pond are an offshoot of Tame Impala. So Tame Impala are kind of the... If you think of it in terms of the Sheffield scene, Tame Impala are like the Arctic Monkeys of that scene. Then all the bands that kind of spawn off that, um, I guess Pond would be one of those. So Pond have members who used to be in Tame Impala... Kevin Parker from Tame Impala produced Tasmania, which is the album I'm talking about, by Pond. And there's lots of other kind of various offshoots. Gum, that I'm a big fan of. So yeah, Pond's Tasmania, uh, which came out in March. And it's the, I think it's the seventh or eighth album now. They're quite a number of kind of albums into their career. And they've really sort of developed, you know, earlier on, this sounded like a lot. It was kind of like 70s FM rock, um, you know, very kind of influenced by those kind of countryfied 70s rock bands. And now they've seems to have gone completely to the end of the spectrum. It's very kind of electro, a little bit kind of progressive, I guess. Um, and Tasmania has kind of widely been seen as pretty much the, the sort of best album they've done uh, in their in their career. Um, they're playing bigger and bigger gigs, bigger and bigger venues. They're one of those bands, I think, almost started as a bit of a joke and a bit of a cult. And are now actually becoming, um, you know, a, f- a fairly sort of big name, not just in the indie world, but you know, at Glastonbury they had a fairly sort of high-profile uh, set. So yeah, really big fan of Pond's uh, Tasmania album, and then I guess another new band. You know, you, you talked in yours about some kind of classic albums. A band called Penelope Isles from uh, from Brighton, uh, and their album When Until the Tide uh, Creeps In. And I've actually. In preparation for this, I was thinking, well, how can you I kind of explain? How can I, how can I explain what this sounds like? I actually thought Q Magazine's album review this a few weeks ago, kind of, um, kind of summed this up in a way that maybe I'm a bit out of, t- uh, sort of practice of doing. Hazy amorphous delights from brother sister Helm Group, 
and they say there's a real kind of surfs up fuzz uh, sort of feeling from this Brighton bass band. It, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like a band who've made this album by the sea. <laughs> really kind of fuzzy, hazy guitars. Um, just a real kind of, I think the word is almost vibe going okay. through the whole album. You know, it's almost, it works as a whole more than it does kind of um, individual tracks. I don't actually know a lot about them in terms of um, you know, their sort of backstory and that side of things. And I, I kind of discovered them in a really... I'd say an unconventional way, in that they were on a soccer AM goals montage. Okay. And I heard this track, and the, the track was chlorine. And this track, chlorine, it really—it's one of those that really grabs you because it's got a really kind of um, what's the word? Kind of—it's it, just got a really kind of distinctive opening riff. Mm. Um, really kind of—it sounds a little bit like pavement, a little bit like kind of some of the '90s sort of US indie bands. Have you tried to get me to listen to these yet? There's quite a few times when Rick sent me Spotify links, and um, sometimes I haven't really had. A chance to open them, and I'm going to forget all about it. But have yeah, because I, I, I haven't heard these this band yet. So you have. I, really I sent it to you, and you you put it on your playlist. Oh, what does that mean? I liked it. Yeah. Well, I obviously don't remember the name. Are you sure? I'm absolutely sure. Was this the sure. time that you sent me that you sent me a couple of bands, and said, oh, you might like the first one, but you won't like the second one. Yeah. And I think I agreed with you. Okay, this is making me sound really forgetful, which I. I'm yeah, the, the, the other one is in my tracks, my right. top three tracks to come uh, to come okay. later, later in the yeah. part. Yeah, well, maybe I did like them a little bit then. Okay. I, well, what we're going to do, we're obviously going to put these songs in a playlist that we'll put in the description of this podcast. So, um, so maybe you can have a re-listen from there. I will. I will. And then I guess the final one from me, uh, probably a little bit in the vein of you've been doing in terms of older albums, is "Goodbye Yellow Brick Road" by Elton John. Mm, I know why you. I know why you've been listening to this one, Rick. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I guess I've I've never not been a fan of Elton John. He's one of those. I think if you were to say I don't like Elton John, I mean it's just a it's a stupid thing to say. He is factually good. To give a little bit oh, of, a, of a nod to what we're going to talk about later, he's one of those. Even if you don't like the songs, you've got to recognise that he's this kind of iconic figure and a great songwriter is kind of one of the the most iconic songwriters that we produce in this country but I guess I think now I've kind of passed maybe when you get past 30 is the time you start to properly appreciate stuff like Elton John and yeah obviously it's because the Rocketman film came out a few months ago um, which I mean to be fair I have been listening to him a little bit before that I think because I watched Almost Famous that has um, Tiny Dancer in it so I guess that had kind of reignited That's one of the best my... films ever. If you haven't seen that, you have to go and watch that. It's brilliant. I think we've talked about we've that before, haven't we? Yeah. Before, yeah. But yeah, um, you know, so I, I guess I've been listening to the greatest hits of Elton John uh, in sort of recent months. But then when Rocket Man obviously came out, uh, if you haven't seen it, I mean, do definitely do do go and see it because it's one of those that's kind of it's 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 a factual film, but it's you know all the facts are in the wrong order and some of them are. It's all kind of written from the perspective of him rehabbing the nineties, trying to remember what he did in the <laughs> the seventies and eighties. I didn't 80s. actually go and see it. I'm sorry, Rick. I actually booked a ticket. I actually paid for a ticket to go to cinema, but um, to see it on my own. But the night I was due to go, I wasn't very well, so I haven't seen it yet. And that, that's yeah, it's, it's it's well worth a watch. I mean, I think Taron Egerton as as Elton. I don't think they could have cast anyone better to kind of play. You know, especially you know, it's it's a warts and all biopic. It's not one of those that. That's kind of like a musical based. It's a musical based on the songs, but there's some quite uh, dark and some quite sad, you know, yeah, bits in it. You know, and it goes into some of his childhood and relationship with his yeah, father. Yeah. And I so guess try tear to your eye. I mean, you have to these days with films, can't you, to kind of make it appeal to to the masses. You know, even if you're not a diehard Elton John fan, there'll still be some a narrative mm. in there for you mm. to go and enjoy when you're watching it in the cinema. But yeah, the farewell tour's coming up soon, so may- maybe I'll do the unthinkable and actually go and see Elton John Surely live. It's sold out. Yeah, but you can always get a ticket one way or the other, can't you? Yeah, £500 if you've got £500 to spare. 
so that that's that's the three that I guess have been on heavy rotation for me uh, this year so far. What tracks? So thinking specifically about sort of tracks and songs that have kind of soundtrack your year so far. What have you been? What have you been listening to? Well, I've got a playlist called oh, I, I know you hate this because it's really I don't even know why it's called and do you know what I'm not even going to say what it's called but it's I've called got the Feels playlist it's called the Feels playlist yes how embarrassing uh, I named it that as a joke one day and it's kind of stuck and Rick takes the mickey out of me for it because it's you know feels but you know, whenever I hear a good song I put it in my feels playlist we are a woman it makes me feel good shut up um, so I went back through this playlist and I looked at songs that I'd more, more recently added because um, I do play it quite a lot because there's, lo- there's like hundreds of songs in there um, and three of the ones that I recently added are quite different from each other, um, which are, which is quite surprising. Uh, so the one actually I was on the tube the other day and I uh, almost lost it to um, was a band called Ocean Colour Scene. And can you guess what song it was? Oh, it had been the Riverboat song, surely. No, it wasn't. No. 100 Mile High City. Do you know that one? Oh, it's so good. And it kind of, when that song plays, it reminds me of how I feel when Queens of the Stone Age play. And it just got me going. And I loved it. And I'd kind of forgotten all about it. I'd forgotten all about Ocean Colour Scene because they were a ni- very much a 90s band, weren't they? And they kind of went away and they haven't come back again. I feel like they were the nearly men of Britpop. They were nearly yeah. one of the biggest Britpop bands. And how weren't they with the opening tune to TFI Friday? Yeah, I mean, that is a great song. I mean, you can't, you can't argue that they've got really kind of laddish, swaggering riffs. Once the vocal kicks in, I mean, it's pretty ho-hum, isn't it? But they kick off usually with a real... But I think real... that juxtaposition between the, the kind of real big-sounding um, kind of background and then and then the almost kind of soft, melancholic vocals is quite good. Anyway, I love that. Loved it. Um, number two, a Prince song. Can you guess which Prince song? 1999. <laughs> <laughs> you I mean, really, it is, it you is really don't decade, have a very high opinion of my music taste, do you? If, it's, if you think it's nineteen ninety nine, no, it's controversy. You surely know that song, right? And if you don't, I'm going to make you listen to it after this. Prince, right, Prince is one of those artists where everyone keeps saying to me. I would say my brother's a big fan. Um, you know, fellow music journalists. When I was a music journal, would go. You know, this guy. I mean, he's one of the all time music geniuses, and I recognise that. You know, he probably is, and I wouldn't ever kind of argue against that but I don't have a deep knowledge of his back catalogue no in fact a weird thing happened with Prince actually go on uh during the summer so my brother came over uh well surely not because he's not alive anymore no it wasn't with Prince it was a <laughs> Prince song I can't remember what the Prince song was called to be fair so I was driving around my hometown and my brother said oh can I put some songs on in the car so we started playing kind of a Prince playlist of kind of various songs album tracks things I hadn't necessarily heard before Anyway, then we got back in the car later, and the song was playing again. And I said, have you put that playlist on? And no, it was on the radio. How coincidental is that, that you had a song that was playing through his Spotify, an old Prince track, that then was ultimately on Magic FM later on? Wow. I mean, Prince is pretty big. Was pretty big. Is pretty big. But it was this, one of those all-time classic But this wasn't like Purple Rain or 1999. Okay, so it was you know, one it was, of the, the less... 1999 songs yeah. <laughs> out there, which probably could, you know, be controversy. But I remember going to see Lauren Hill um, in December, um, and there was a warm-up band who played this song, and we walked in at the point that they were playing it, and it just this song's got so much energy, and it's kind of one of those ones, you know, you, you know, when you go out and you kind of hear 
you you get to the end of the song and it kind of kicks back in again and it kind of doesn't let up it doesn't stop and i feel like this is one of those kind of songs and it just gets me going all the time um and then i've got a real kind of curveball with my third one it's a brand new artist and it's not the kind of music i normally like um, but I heard on the radio the other day them saying, well, you know, there's a, you know, a new artist called H. And I'm thinking, no, they didn't say new artist. They went, H is here. And I was like, what? H from Steps is back. <laughs> <laughs> and I was literally glued to the radio thinking, oh, this is going to be brilliant. H from Steps has made a comeback. He's left his job at Tesco <laughs> yeah. and he's releasing music He's been again. in the studio for 20 years. And, and uh, actually, sadly, it, um, it isn't H. It's, it's spelt A-I-T-C-H. And um, it's a rapper. And I heard one of his songs recently and it sound I thought he was from Nottingham because he's got this kind of really raw ac- raw English accent and he says things like late lair and that's like a ve- that's a very Nottingham way of saying it that's lately for anyone who doesn't know the Nottingham. So it's like Bugsy Malone isn't it? He's a Manchester rapper and he raps in well, a very Well so this guy accent. is from Manchester. So I um, but I wouldn't I mean you'll have to have a listen and let me know what you think whether you, whether you think it is because Rick's from Manchester everybody. Um but anyway he's 19 he's from Manchester and he's he's on the new um Stormzy and Ed Sheeran song which isn't the song that I like. Um it's actually one of his songs called Bus Down. Now I don't know what that actually means. <laughs> Flag the bus down probably. Well it's spelled B U S S so I'm thinking probably not. Um yeah. Sit downstairs in the bus. S- sit down- <laughs> Flag it down, sit downstairs. <laughs> get, I'll get I, I'll get the bus down there. Yeah, See you I there. don't know. Well, that's what I thought when I when I first um, heard the the title, the track title. But um, we're really showing our age now, aren't we? But yeah, no, I have got kind of listened to it, and I just think it's it's great, and I love the way I love the sound of his rap, I love his style, and I love what he's talking about as well. Because there's a lot of um, I'm getting into kind of hot territory here, but there's a lot of rap music that I don't listen to the lyrics. I will, I default to listening to the the melody and the drums, actually. The drums, I have this conversation with someone all the time and I'm like, I listen to the drums. I'm like, yeah, we're, you're weird. Um, the beat. But that's kind of, but yeah, yeah, the beat. But mainly this is why I love Queens of the Stone Age and the Ocean Colour Scene song because it's kind of all about the drums. Anyway. I'm not even a drummer. I, don't, I should have been a drummer, probably. Um, but yeah, he. I, I. I listen to what he's saying, and it's actually quite interesting. You know, listen to him talking about his basically just his life and his observational. What did you call it? We were talking about it. Social commentary. Social commentary. Um, so yeah, go and listen to that one. How about you? Um, so in terms of my three favourite tracks, so there's a band called the Oriel. So again, on a kind of new band tip, I kind of discovered these around the same time as Penelope Isles. It might even be that they were on the Spotify artist you might you might also like. A track called Sugar Tastes Like Salt, um, which, I mean, to try and explain it, it's, it's seven minutes long, and it's about three songs in one. It kind of opens as a fairly, I guess, gloomy, indie, you know, the sort of thing that Steve Lamack plays on his show that kind of breezes past. But then it sort of develops from there into um, quite grungy, punky. It's then even almost like a kind of indie um, Led Zeppelin, uh, so it's a real, it's, a, it's it's one of the songs that goes in a direction you completely don't kind of expect it to. Um, you know, fairly lo-fi sounding, I, I, I guess I would say. You know, they're kind of um, a classic indie band. You know, in the same way I guess Penelope Isles are in a way that there aren't there aren't as many of those bands out there at the moment. I would say. You know, it's it's sort of a scene that exists, but it's not kind of uh, very prominent. I don't know a lot about them other than from Halifax in in Yorkshire. Uh, but yeah, um, that that one has been kind of on heavy rotation for me. And then another one, Taste Good uh, Taste Good With The Money by Fat White Family. You, you know about Fat White Family? I don't actually know. Um, so I guess they they are, 
for me that they're, they're kind of the one of the last real rock and roll bands kind of you know if you think about the way that the libertines when the libertines were around there was that kind of what you'd call the grot and roll scene in london lots of kind mm-hmm. of um heroin taking squat you know squat living um playing gigs on tube trains and that sort of thing bands and all that kind of died out and i feel like fat white family are a bit of a return bring um, it back yeah i mean they're a bunch of lunatics is, okay. is the word to where put are they from it. Uh, they're based in Brixton. They're one of those that are probably all. Oh, got. like a proper London. Proper London, right, yeah. you know. Gritty. Um, Although London's not gritty anymore, so I don't know. I mean, it's a whole scene kind of built around. You know, you read uh, interviews with new bands from South London, and it will tend to say that they're from kind of the fat white family scene. You think about bands like Shame, that you know are kind of vaguely linked to sort of fat white family. But yeah, I, I'd say the latest album they've put out, they've gone in more of a direction where. I take some of it's almost radio friendly that this actually has a chorus, quite a catchy chorus. It's got okay. a fairly sort of um sort of standard structure. So what band would you liken them to then if you if you could? I'd say that they're kind of a mix between I guess some seventies sort of seventies punk, maybe more towards the end of punk. Uh there's a bit of libertines in there, I guess, in terms of maybe the the attitude. Um but yeah, I, I guess they're a real kind of clash of of styles, quite doomy, quite gloomy in places. I'm gonna love this. Let's let's say I'll go and have a listen to this as well. We should probably should have both listened to our suggestions before we, well, before we came on the episode. But no, but it's it's, be, it's better to it's do better. it in more of a more of a natural <laughs> I'm like, oh, way. Oh no, yeah. who who are you? And then and then I guess finally, uh, this is a bit of a curveball, but you know you had a curveball as well. Slipknot, unsainted. Oh, wicked. So I, I've I've got a bit of a um, well to those who know me it's not that secret an interest but it's not something I shout from the rooftops but yeah they're kind of my guilty pleasure as a band you know Slipknot followed them from kind of the start of their career you know and on the one hand I find them it's, it's funny it's just kind of pantomime kind of rock but at the same time the songs are pretty good and this this one is probably the, one of the most nuts things they've done you know it's got a children's choir on it. Um, I think they've never sounded kind of as brutal in terms of the riffs, but it's not like that, that metal that's kind of unlistenable. It's quite, you know, it's it's produced in a way that is quite palatable. The album went to number one, keep in mind, and they haven't... It's crazy, isn't it? I, I, they terrify me. Since, since I first saw a picture of them in their weird outfits, it just terrifies me. I don't know why I cut my finger on it. It's like, clowns don't scare me. But Slipknot. But do. the clown stares you, scares you. <laughs> the, the clown in is that what they call them? Well, no. Yeah. The the clown is one of the members of the band. Isn't oh, it? I, don't, I don't even know. But I I really have limited knowledge of Slipknot, and I want to keep it that way. If I'm quite honest. I mean, my wall was plastered with Slipknot posters. Oh, when I was no. about thirteen. Oh no, I couldn't have gone into your first bedroom. Thing, first I thing I saw. I couldn't have walked past your bedroom. No women went in my bedroom when I was a teenager. <laughs> don't worry about that. But yeah. Um, my my wall was absolutely plastic. But the first thing I saw when I woke up was Slipknot. Oh my god! I can't believe this. This changes things, Rick. And then just in terms of uh, live music, what what have you been out and going and, and seeing live? Yeah, well, I'm old, so I don't tend to go to that many live gigs anymore because um, I just unless unless I've got a seat, <laughs> I tend not to go. Although I did go to one and it was amazing, and it was Anderson Pack believe it or not he played at Ali Pali in um, I can't remember what month it was actually before this just before the summer and he was absolutely fantastic he is just such a good showman he plays the drums just incredible the drums were back to the drums again he just kind of he's on stage on this massive drum kit at the back of the stage kind of on a on a plinth and just playing and singing and just so talented that guy like phil collins a bit. the phil collins just the like world. phil collins i couldn't think of a better uh, synergy and then it's, this isn't a live gig but i i guess i probably almost went to see it because i was quite excited to be there but 
I met one of my childhood heroes, Rick, over the summer. Go on, let, let me try and guess who it is. Do you like the yes, no or something? All right. So, was he in a boy band? Yes. <laughs> was he in Take That? <laughs> yes, he was in Take That. <laughs> was he Gary Barlow? No. No. Although was I saw Gary, Take That were there at the hotel we were staying in. Okay. And I Was saw, it Mark Owen? It was Mark Owen, everybody. And um, everyone who knows me, I was texting everybody. Because basically, you know, you've, you've all got that childhood kind of first crush. Actually, my first crush was Davy Jones. And I'm sure I've talked about this before on the, on the last series. You said you used to go up to the screen of the TV. I no, that was, some, that was something different. But Mark Owen was, when I, when I was six years old, my mum picked me up from school and surprised me with a Take That gig. And we went to see Take That and I had a, she bought me a T-shirt with Mark Owen's face on it. And the stage came down, just kind of shortly stopped above where we were sitting. I was on my mum's shoulders and Mark Owen waved at me. And as a kid, you don't forget things like that. Anyway, he was just the one of Take That for me. So we were in the hotel and I saw, first of all, I saw Howard. I thought, oh my goodness me, take that, uh, Howard from Take That's here. That must, that's pretty cool. And then f- half an hour later, Gary Barlow opened the door and he's with his son and his mum. I thought, oh my God. I turned around to my boyfriend and went, that must mean Mark Owen's in the building. <laughs> <laughs> and he went, okay, <laughs> a bit weird. Um, and lo and behold, half an hour later, Mark Owen walks up around and we're on a rooftop at this point. And it's quite sunny and he's kind of circling and I can see he's looking for a seat. I'm thinking the only place that there's a seat here is that in, we're kind of lying on big sunbeds is next to us and I'm like mm. to my boyfriend just move that and just say that he can come and sit here he's like excuse no. me is, any, is anyone sitting there no, can I can he, I come he, and sit what there? he'd done is he got he's got someone um to, to one of the I members of staff Cohen, to look for yeah it sounds like it so one of the members of staff to look for a seat for him and um anyway my boyfriend goes to the bar and he says don't you dare offer Marco my seat when I'm gone to the bar course I'm gonna offer Marco and you'll see you went to the bar and that's exactly what I did so when he, when he kind of circled back round again and I went hi Mark oh, I'm so uncool I'm cringing now thinking about it hi Mark do you want to sit down because you can sit here so he said oh yeah sure anyway got to talking to him and because I was so nervous I was talking to him about the weather and Australia and how I didn't like living in Australia and all this kind of stuff and it was quite um it was it was something else but then the woman who was looking for a chair for him found him one so off he toddled and then my boyfriend came back and didn't believe that any of this had happened but it, happened. it was all a dream. It was all, all ha- the dream. It all happened in your head. <laughs> it all happened in mine. You'd had one too many glasses of Prosecco and you started believing that Mark Owen was sat next to you. Oh. I didn't see any picture evidence of this, so I can only... Well, I was in a place where you can't take pictures, so... And also, I'm not one of those fangirls. I wouldn't I wouldn't go, oh, can I have a pit selfie with you? I'm just not that kind of person. You know, got to play it a little bit cool. Anyway, so that is that was my summer. And then in terms of, yeah, I guess, gigs for me, the one that sticks out is The Horrors and a band I obviously go on about on this podcast quite a lot. Uh, and they did their 10th anniversary of Primary Colours at the Royal Albert Hall, which was an interesting place to see The Horrors play, I guess, because it's not where you would, you know, it's, it's, it's a long way from the kind of grimy pubs of East London that they kind of started out in. And I was interested to see how the sound would kind of translate to, to a sort of arena um, um, like that. But yeah, the, they were great did the album kind of track one to track ten uh, and then kind of a, a greatest hit set if, if such if you can say such a thing of it's weird to think of the horrors having a greatest yeah, hits but they have been around ten long. years well, now yeah. ten years plus so um, so yeah but to be honest a little bit like you um, with Baby in Tow not been to as many gigs got a few lined up for, for later in the year but yeah that, that, that was my summer but anyway I, I, do you feel do you feel caught up? Do you feel like we've caught up? Do you feel like the listeners are caught up with where with where we're at? I do. I think. I think. I do. I think I'm happy to now move on to the topic of conversation. So the main point. The main of this, point. Of this podcast, the main reason, and then we've rambled. The reason on a we're bit, back in the room is: Can 
music be factually good? Go. Well, I mean, I think the whole reason we're here is that I, I can, I'm going to argue quite vehemently that I think music can be factually good. I mean, you could probably argue that does this concept extend to other areas of life? Can a sports team be factually good? Can oh, no. can a book be factually good? But let's let's just leave this at, at music today. And yes, I I think, and I'm going to come on to kind of the reasons why that um, that music can be. There is some music out there. There's some music that's been recorded. Some artists that I think are factually not not an opinion are factually good i think before i go into those reasons why be good to hear kind of you 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 clearly don't agree on this yeah well i also i've got a bit of a disclaimer on this and this is probably why i don't like debating is because i've been told that my um opinions are sometimes conflicted in fact quite often i'll have an opinion and then it'll change five minutes later so like a goldfish like a (laughs) don't forget or i do forget things quite largely i don't forget things i don't know i just think i'm very kind of in tune to what other people think and people other people's opinions and if someone shares some there'll be points in this that's called empathy my deep i've got so well this is it i've got so much empathy um there'll be points in this where i'll go absolutely no categorically no i don't think it will and then you'll come up with the point i know it and then i'll go oh i can't really argue with that really but okay so then it might send my brain on off on, an, on another tangent of do i actually think this so it so this is a bit of a disclaimer so um I'm I'm going to say no, <laughs> um, that because that's my initial thought. But um, and the reason I'll say no is, and this is my first ever kind of saying what I said to you is, I think creativity is generally pretty subjective. Okay, so what do you mean by that? Um, so I think talent is factual. Mm. You can't deny that somebody's talented. Someone is either good or bad at playing an instrument. For example, you're either good at the piano or you're bad at the piano. Aren't there shades of grey though? Yes, and this is this is where I think this debate will get quite interesting. There's so there's so many shades of grey. There's probably more shades of grey than there are colours in the spectrum. That's not possible, but you know what I'm trying to say. Um, if you look at something like, and I don't know why I'm bringing this up as an example, a TV show X Factor, because it's kind of musical. It's it's, a lot of people, a lot yeah. of people know what it is. You'll look at the Cheeky Girls. Someone like the Cheeky Girls, everyone will know. They can't sing. I was just thinking the exact same example of the cheeky girls. Well, there we being, go. We're aligned. Oh, we're aligned. Being an example of someone that would get through on a talent show despite having no talent. Yeah. So this is why the shades are great, but they can't sing. But then you look at other contestants that have been on, and I'm just trying to think of ones that everyone knows: James Arthur and Leona Lewis. They can sing like that. They they are factually talented singers, right? Mm. Take it a level further. And then you're talking about how a song is structured, but then you're going to talk about how it might sound. And the reason I think it's subjective is because, and as we both know, there are songs that you like that I don't like, and there are songs that I like that you don't like. We don't probably don't understand why each other likes it, but we can say, yeah, it's good. I, I do. I mean, I, I understand why people like bad music. Okay, that's another conversation. <laughs> but then... Where I think it's gets all really, really, really interesting is that when you think of it from a scientific point of view, that's where I think it's, this is going to scramble my brain. As we talk to more and more people, I've got actually someone for a future episode who did um, did a whole kind of degree on on this topic, which is going to be fascinating discussion. discussion. Um, but I've got a quote, Rick, from um, a professor of neuroradiology. Oh, you really have done your research. I have, yeah. Um, and I love this quote, and 
it, I love it, it kind of encapsulates everything that I'm, I think on this subject. But the quote is, music is primal. It affects all of us, but it's very personal in unique ways. Your interaction with music is different than mine, but it's still powerful. Hmm. Okay, so I think can I can I take the the witness stand at this point? <laughs> you can. Go can for I it. can I step up? So I think I think what you said there about there are songs that you like and the songs that I like. There are songs that universally pretty much everyone likes, so, and I'll come on to what some of those are later on. But something like when you um, say pretty much everyone, that doesn't cut it for me. Superstition by Stevie Wonder. You find me someone who doesn't like that song. Uh, challenge accepted. I will. That I'll is a find, factually good song go by someone. a factually great artist. There is no. There will be some people in this world no, who do not like that song. Trust uh, me. You, let, let's find them let's because find, I yeah, don't think right, they exist. Then, let's find them. I don't think they exist, and I think just you know you've gone away and done your science research, and I you know you've maybe. I'm not surprised a scientist me. by any means. I'm, you've surprised <laughs> me that you've done that, but also <laughs> I've I've gone away and done a little bit of research of my own. Hang on, by the way, just before this, Rick said this morning to me, "Are you prepared?" And I, I played the whole. No, I haven't really done anything, card. <laughs> and now I think he's just sat yeah, here with a smile on his face going, it. oh no, what's she, what's she done? She's duped me. But I, I thought we could just go back to the very basics of what I'm talking about. Of what do, What is the definition of fact? So I've gone away and got two verified sources of what f- the definition of fact. One from the Cambridge University Dictionary and one from the redoubtable dictionary.com. Pretty much the first dictionary you reach, you reach online, right? Cambridge's definition of a fact is something that is known to have happened or exist, especially something for which proof exists or about which there is information. And then dictionary.com's definition is something known to exist or have happened or uh, a truth known by actual experience or observation, something known to be true. And I, that's that's what's got me thinking about the, the, the sort of point of the word fact, in that there isn't really definitively anything in life really that is actually, in a sense, factual. So therefore, I think that for something where they're saying where proof exists, there is proof that Stevie Wonder, Superstition, is a great song because everyone loves it. You know, it's won multi, he's won multiple awards. He's seen as one of, you know, he's seen by experts pretty universally as, as one of the greats. But so it I, could be, it could, well, think about it in this way, though. it could also all be coincidental that that song has, has been liked not by everybody in the world, I can promise you that, um, by so many people. Yes, I can't deny it's a good song, but factually, is it good? I don't, I can't say yes to that. But, but it's, it, that key bit for me is there's something for which proof exists. In the con- in the context of music, where, where would be the proof that something is factually good? I would say the proof would come in maybe commercial success, yes, critical kind of acclaim, and then the question that you ask all of your mates whether it's true or not, and they all say that it is true, yes. So that's what I'm using as my as my kind of um, that that's I guess I guess my initial kind of argument on this that I think things can be things can be factually good. There, are, I think the vast majority of music and artists fall into the camp of, you know, you either like them or you don't. You know, think of a band like I don't know, Keen, right? Keen have had about five number one albums. A very popular band. One very popular that I band. don't personally like at all. No, because because they're rubbish, really. <laughs> but you know, I'm not. I would never yeah, say that. But a lot that... of people ha- obviously don't think so, Rick. So what do you say to all the millions of people that like Keen? But I'm, what I'm not saying is that I'm not saying they're factually rubbish. I'm saying that they exist in that space of they're neither factually rubbish or factually good. 
they just kind of exist in the same space as 99% of artists where they're kind of in that nether zone, right? If you've got cheeky girls who are factually rubbish, factually, you know, no musical talent whatsoever, a uh, bit of a novelty act that came through, you know, I actually weirdly saw an interview with them in the Sunday Times, that's maybe why we both landed on this last weekend about like how how their their career came about and, you know, the story behind this. So maybe it was The Guardian rather than The Times. But, um, Does you know, not matter which news publication you're reading. No, no, other news publications are available. Yes. And then, you know, at the opposite end of the spectrum, you've got, you know, I've got Stevie Wonder, uh, Michael Jackson, Aretha Franklin, David Bowie. They are the kind of, for me, and I'll come yep. on to why later, the kind of factual one. Everyone else exists kind They've of in, fa- in the middle. Actually, they're talented, but is their music factually good? Yes. Their music is factually good because it has been... I still don't think I agree. I still think it's really subjective. I think there's probably... All of those artists you've listed, we might find it quite hard to find somebody. There will be someone in this world, someone on this planet right now that doesn't like all of those. Yeah, but you're, you're also working on the assumption there that all opinions are equal. So by, This is where it gets interesting, isn't it? So, that, so that's where I'm saying, you know, if you've got... Um, Hang if you on. Put, are you saying your opinion holds more weight than... Others. No, I'm going to say Quincy Jones's opinion holds more weight. So Quincy Jones, who produced Thriller, obviously. Well, we're not, unfortunately, we're not going to get through to Quincy Jones. Yeah, well, we, will, <laughs> we, might, his, we might send him a tweet. <laughs> the point, the point being that if a load of experts say, "Yeah, this guy is one of the greats," you now let's maybe ignore some of the things that happen in his personal life, but this guy musically is one of the greats. Then I'm willing to take that than than just some idiot in the street who says, "Oh no, the rubbish." You still stay. You don't to be factually good. You don't need absolutely everyone's agreement. You just need the agreement of all the people who kind of know what they're talking about. Mm, See, this is where I'm going to do my little um, conflicted point of view, and I can't disagree with you on that. It it does... You you are right, it does depend on what the definition of fact means. And actually, the definition of fact could mean one thing to one person and something to another person. But I actually do think this goes further into humans are complex beings <laughs> and everybody has a different outlook on the world not one person is the same as another person so it's a really hard really really hard debate to have can i also say that i'm not the only one who out there who thinks that music can be factually good because in my uh, during my research i found out that classic fm classic fm's I website read this article have got a list of the factually best 10 symbols. I read this, but they don't really go into any detail of, of why it's factually good. But they've stated this in the headline, that they are factually, yeah, factually that's just, good. You know that head, head, headlines can be clickbait, Rick Martin. But if they're saying, is, is it only classical is it a fact, music? Is it, hang on, hang on. Is it a fact that you should be listening to Classic FM? Are they factually the best source to listen to? I'd say, well, they're, they're, the, you know, they're, they're the known brand for classical music, aren't they? So Yeah, but just I would because say, a journalist has decided to put a story up because they need more hits on the website doesn't mean that those songs are factually good. So I think what, what I'm going to do off the back of this is I'm going to contact Classic FM on Twitter when we finish recording and see if they can justify this headline. Because I think maybe it is that in... Because classical music is basically maths, isn't it? If you think about it, it's very kind of complex, ordered music. Maybe they've come up with a formula that says, well, actually, these symphonies are factually the best. Which because... kind of would play into the scientific discussion that I have kind of started slightly. But, yeah, no, I did see this article, and I didn't think that it held any weight, if I'm honest. Yes, the headline said it, but drill down further into the article. <laughs> I had a feeling you might get this article as well. So so I've already looked at it, I'm afraid. Um, and it just, set, it just kind of lists the songs. It doesn't really give you a reason why. So in terms of if, if 
I, I mean, should I argue who I think is factually factually good from kind of a musical point of view? Let's see if you can argue against any of these being factually great artists. Can you argue that factually Thriller by Michael Jackson is not a great album? Fact, it's a fact that that is a great album. One of the best-selling albums of all time, you know, critically acclaimed kind of across the musical spectrum, lives on, still gets streamed, you know, millions of times every year. And then when you listen, when you listen to the, when you listen to a song like uh, like Thriller itself or um, Billy Jean, just that, and you think, yeah, this is this is factually good. These these chords. <laughs> Do you actually sit there and think, yeah, this is really factually this, good. This these, is. These, <laughs> is, that, yeah, this, is that how you listen to music? This, well, it this probably is now, isn't it? This chorus is factually great. These chord progressions are factually great. This production oh, is factually great. It's really hard because I think I'm thinking I'm coming at it from a different point of view. I'm thinking I'm thinking of it from much a much deeper level. Right. In answer to your question, I'm not going to answer it the way I want to answer because I'm, then I'll be agreeing with you. But yes. Thriller is good. I like it. Many people like it. Is it factually good? uh, I still don't think I could argue yes, because I'm sure there are people in the world that don't like it. And those people are idiots. (laughs) You probably are, to be honest. Or have been been paid off by Michael Jackson. To to not like his music, sure. Well, to not talk about other things, probably. (laughs) <laughs> we won't go there. No, we certainly won't um, go there. This is an X-rated podcast, but yeah, um, no, I'm still. I'm just going to stick to my guns. No, okay. Personally, I'll, I like it. I'll throw some more at you then. Um, Songs in the key of life, Stevie Wonder. Again, I like it. It's my kind of music. It's good in my eyes. Very subjective. Uh, Oasis, definitely, maybe. I don't like it. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, factually... I just don't like it. Factually a great debut album. Well, this is where it all started, isn't it? And I got on my high horse and was like, I don't think it is. This is why I think we started this conversation. If you would have started this conversation all those months ago with Stevie Wonder or Michael Jackson, I might have gone, oh, yeah, yeah, fine. But because you started it with a band I don't like, I think this is where it got my back up a bit. Because I was like, well, no, it's obviously not factually good because I don't like it. But maybe that's just my ego playing 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 a part in that so what have we learned what have we learned from this debate i feel like i've learned a little bit more of the science some of the kind of an- a anthropology small bit of the, the science i want to dig more and dig deeper into that though because that's the bit that i i find that fascinating I, you know me i like i'm fascinated about all, all the all the way the work the way the world works the way the brain works the way society works what people like what people don't like so i love that side of it but can we say we've made enough progress for episode one that we can carry on this thread throughout the rest of the 100%. series 100 percent. and i've already got as i said i've got someone lined up i won't tell you who it is yet but i've got someone lined up who studied this very topic um, who has is works in the music industry? So we've literally got the perfect guest lined up for some point in the in the series. And I guess from you guys, the listeners, uh, we'd like to hear from you on social what you think. I mean, who whose side, whose side are you on in this debate? Do you think music can be can be factually good? Uh, probably a good t- good time to kind of uh, list out the social channels, right? How, how can how can listeners get in touch with us? Um, you can reach us on Twitter and Instagram at demo tapes pod. 
you can also get us on Twitter, our individual Twitter. So I am, I'm Sarah Jane Kemp on Twitter and I am Sarah Jane Kemp on Instagram. Twitter didn't have enough characters for me to have the same surname, same name, so it's slightly different for me. And Rick, what are you? I'm Rick underscore J underscore Martin for Twitter. And uh, yeah, don't bother me on Instagram because I don't really bother doesn't with it. Doesn't really Instagram. bother with it. Um, and then you can also email us on demotapespod at gmail.com. And also, while we're here, we have to say it, um, we're on iTunes, and if you could go on and give us a five-star rating, it really does help. Um, it'll kind of, you know, we want more people to listen to it. The more people listen, the more that join in the discussion, the better the podcast will be. So, first pod back, how was it for you? I've loved it. I've actually I've actually didn't realise how much I've missed talking nonsense with you, Rick, in this little lovely room that we've got. Yeah, li- I think your life needs more more time for kind of nonsense talk. And to be fair, this is just the sort of nonsense I'd be saying to you anyway if it we is. weren't recording. It so. is. Um, we, but we're kind of structuring it a little bit better, probably. Well, hopefully, if you if you agree on the podcast. But yeah, no, I've loved it, and I'm looking forward to the the rest of the episodes. And we're probably I don't think we've mentioned this bit yet, but we did do them weekly last time, and I think considering we've got loads of other stuff going on in life at the moment we're not probably not going to do them weekly um i don't know if we're going to have a fixed time but um we're going to do them frequently but not as frequently as last time you'll get them when you get them but if you subscribe you'll get them when they land and in the meantime we're always here to chat to on social exactly okay well i guess uh, yeah episode one series two in the can done uh, dusted thanks for listening uh see you next time bye